Welcome to Flawed and Free Podcast. This is the place where we save souls and set the captives free from spiritual bondage in deliverance and spiritual warfare. My name is Apostle Tina, and our mission is to help you win the warfare in your life by equipping you to sever spiritual strongholds, break generational curses, and find freedom from your now to your next. Join our community of freedom fighters through transparency to transformation in Christ Jesus. Make sure you go now, like, subscribe, and share. God bless. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One out there. I'm excited to be back for another week, for another day. Glory be to God. We will proceed with tonight's podcast. And welcome to Flawed and Free. As you are logging in, for those that are listening live, make sure you say hello so I can shout you out in your city and acknowledge your presence here. And for those that are listening on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or any of those other digital media streaming platforms, welcome to Flawed and Free Podcast as we are called to deliverance here. And we... um, operate in the ministry of deliverance and healing. So it is our pleasure and our honor to serve all of you all over the globe. So it's always an exciting time to be able to come before you to pour and to partner with the Holy Spirit for the word that he has put in my bosom and my belly. And as we continue to pour out into all of the earth. So I come usually on Tuesdays. I'm here live twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, same time, same place. Um, But tonight, typically, if we do not have a guest um, that is on live with us on Tea and Testimony, um, then I will come before you as the Holy Spirit leads me with whatever the word is that he has put in me, on me, um, or has given me to share with the people of God. So I want to say hello now to those that are coming in from TikTok land, those that are already here from Facebook land, those that are here from YouTube. I want to say hello, hello, hello. This is the place where you are never too flawed to be set free. And so our goals are souls and we 
take great honor in partnering with the Holy Spirit in saving souls and setting the captives free from demonic oppression and spiritual warfare and bondage. So I'm excited always to be a part of your journey as I help many people go from their now to the next. So many people feel stuck and stagnant and, and um, you know, in a real still place. They don't know how to go from one place in the spirit and the natural to the next space. And they feel like they've been on a hamster wheel of life, just going on and on and on and not seeing any fruit, not seeing um, the manifestation of the promises of God. There are others that are struggling with who they are, their identity and their purpose. And so I like to teach and equip and empower the body of Christ, the believers with how to utilize their tools, their weapons of warfare so that they can see success. And not only just in the realm of the spirit, but also in the natural. So it is my glorious honor and pleasure to come before you um, as the Lord allows and allots me the time um, to come and to chat up, chat it up with y'all here. So I see you coming in. I'm saying hello, Bree. Good evening. Thank you for joining Sierra and all of those as you're coming in. Do me a favor. We sow and share here. And so if you can right now sow and share this broadcast right now on your whatever platform you're coming in from, go ahead and share and or tag and tell a friend. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe right now, like, subscribe, click the notification bell so that you will know when we go live and you will be able to get those notifications. We don't want you to miss those notifications so you know when we're live and you can catch us from start to finish. And for those that will come on and catch the replay, hello to all of you that are actually, well, we'll watch, right? Not right now, but we'll watch the replay later. I don't want to forget about all of you. So let's get into today's topic of discussion. And so the Lord has laid it upon my heart tonight um, to actually share um, a little bit about the Holy Spirit a lot about the Holy Spirit. This ministry operates in the dominion of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been following me long, you know that I love the Holy Ghost, okay? I love him, I love him, I love him, I love him. He is a gift from God, and I don't know what I would do without him. And I just, over the years, have just really learned the value of the Holy Spirit, how much he's changed my life, how much he's transformed my life. And so he is, and not only just an intricate, intimate part of who I am, but he has really transformed me, renewed my life and my mind. And so I love to help people with learning how to partner with the Holy Spirit, knowing who he is. Because one thing I've come to know is people know God, people know Jesus. Nobody knows the Holy Spirit. Some people for the first time don't even understand the value of the Holy Spirit and his function and the power of the Holy Spirit, how much your life can really be catapulted into the new, into the next, if you would only learn how to hear and how to partner with him. And so the Lord gave him to us and um, gave us to, gave the Holy Spirit to us as as a gift, right? He's he's a gift. Not only that, he gives gifts and we are to bear the fruits of the Holy Spirit through our character and so much more. So there's a, a number of functions of the Holy 
spirit and also um, a number of things that will allow us to to live our lives in the earth much easier. Right. Than some of us know we haven't learned how to partner with him. So there's a false Holy Spirit. There's a Kundalini spirit. Um, and so people sometimes when they get when they don't know how or how to discern in hearing the instruction of the Holy Ghost and they will maybe partner with other entities or systems or situations that are contrary to what God has intended for our life. And so tonight we're going to talk about um, the Holy Spirit. There's so much to say, but we're going to stick to receiving versus being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's so important to understand and know the difference between it. So I'm going to break it down a bit tonight um, for what is the difference between receiving the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit, okay, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And so one of the first scripture references I want to start with is Matthew chapter 3, um, verse 13 through 17. So if you have your Bible with you, please turn now to Matthew, the book of Matthew. And so we're going to be referencing um, a number of scriptures tonight as I begin to show you the Holy Spirit, some of his functions um, and some of who he is. So you can really understand understand um, and discern and know the difference between receiving and being filled with the Holy Spirit. I actually had to stop um, with some of what I plan to share tonight because there's just so much to, I mean, it's, 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 it's so vast. This could, I could honestly do, um, a series of podcasts and I just may, um, do that on the Holy spirit with not just his functions, but with who he is and, and so many other things. But tonight, um, we're going to jump into Matthew three, verse 13 through 17. So I'll start with verse 13. Verse 13 says, then cometh, I'm reading out of the KJV version. If you have another version, that's okay. Just track with me the best way you can. I'm actually reading out of my KJV study Bible. Okay. So Mark, uh, this is, yeah, Matthew 3, uh, 13 through 17. It says, then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Verse 14 says, but John forbade him saying, I have need to be baptized of thee and comest thou to me? So John is asking the, asking the Lord, like, what, what you doing here? <laughs> and Jesus answering said unto him, suffer it be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. Verse 16 says, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway. That means right away, immediately out of the water and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. I'm going to stop right there for a moment as we're discussing um, John the Baptist um, baptizing Jesus through the baptism of water. And so as I was raised Baptist, we thought that was the end all be all. You will raise your hand and be like, I receive, I love the Lord and I want to accept him in my heart. And so when you receive salvation and you receive the Holy Spirit through salvation and the outward expression without going into depth and detail, but the outward expression of that. Um, and the confirmation is being baptized by water and coming, coming up a new creature in Christ. And so there is an initial receipt, 
right? R-E-C-I-E-P-T, through the receiving of the Holy Spirit, as you allow God to enter into your heart, you receive him. And so we see here in verse 16 and 17 that the spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit, as, as Jesus was being baptized, he then received the Holy Spirit. And I tell people all the time who struggle with understanding how to walk with the Holy Spirit, how to hear from the Holy Spirit, and how to move in partnership with the Holy Spirit, that if Jesus needed the Holy Ghost, you need them too. Okay. You're not exempt. I'm not exempt. None of us are exempt. And so he is a very intricate, very important part of the Godhead. And this is why it's so dangerous, even with other religions where they, God, 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 they have their God, little G God, their idols and things that they worship and they reference God. And there are some that even make mention to Jesus, but they'll separate themselves from the, the Trinity, right? The Godhead, all of God, our righteous judge, the Lord and and the Holy Ghost. And so many that just don't know at all, right? I, like I said earlier, they know God, they know Jesus, but they don't know the Holy Spirit. And so as the Lord was doing his work in the earth, right? He needed the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to walk you through what that looked like, but we see him being baptized by John and we see him receiving the Holy Ghost. Now let's talk about a little bit about the work of the Holy Spirit. And so there are many functions. There are seven spirits of God. I have a podcast on the seven spirits of God. If you don't know the seven spirits of God, please go check out my podcast on the seven spirits of God through counsel, wisdom, knowledge, the spirit of wisdom and knowledge, all of the different ways that the Holy Spirit manifests and represents the kingdom of God in the earth. But we're going to go over just a few today. And one of them is the work of the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about the works of the Holy Spirit. And one of the works of the Holy Spirit, one of the representations and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit is as a comforter. And so the Holy Spirit, both though he's both humane and divine, he actually indwells within you. He partners with you. So we see here with the Spirit rested upon Jesus. And so this is what I mean when I say some people when you can receive and the Spirit of God is upon you. The Spirit of God is upon you. And then there's an infilling, right? There's an indwelling. There's a process in which you are baptized by the Holy Spirit and you're filled with the Spirit. But we're still talking about the receipt and receiving. And we're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit as one of his many functions as the comforter. So let's go to John chapter 16, verse 7. I want to take you to John 16, verse 7. John chapter 16. Let's look at the Holy Spirit as a comforter. Okay. It's just one, which is one thing I love. How many times have you just been in a place of despair, distress, distraught, not knowing what to do? You're like, God, do you hear me? Jesus, do you hear me? Anybody, do you hear me? And you'll feel a peace come over you in prayer or just wherever you are, whatever situation you're going to, because one of the main functions as he has many is to be the comforter to the people of God. And so John 16, verse seven, I'm going to read, I'm still so reading out of KJV, it says, nevertheless, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him 
unto you. And so Jesus is preparing, right? Jesus is preparing his disciples for the for for him leaving, right? For him leaving the earth and we see him functioning in the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the earth. And so he has been, he has received the Holy Spirit, right? Through the baptism, it rests upon him. But the disciples have not yet received. And Acts has not come yet because the, the infilling came in Acts, okay? This was after the resurrection and the ascension of Christ where they, they waited and to be filled by the Holy Spirit. And so they were not able to function in the ministry of the Holy Spirit because they didn't have the Holy Ghost. Why? Because Jesus had the Holy Ghost. And so it had not been imparted as of yet. It had not been imparted to the people. And so he became, as he is, right, the Holy Ghost. So he was that to them. And so he's telling his disciples that I know, hey, listen, let me prepare y'all for my time that is coming. Let me prepare you and let you know that it is better that I leave because I am limited and not that there's a limit to God himself, but in his physical body, not in his glorified state, he could not be omnipresent, right? He could not be more than one place at one time but the Holy Spirit can. And so he can be in Dubai, in India, in America, in the US. And so the Lord said, in order for you to function in the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the manner that you need to, it's better that I go so that you can then receive and move in the power and the works of the Holy Ghost. And so he said, he calls the Holy Spirit here in verse seven, a comforter. We'll go on here. I'll actually read down to 11 verse 8 says and when he is come so now the lord is this is explaining and when he comes okay when the holy spirit comes he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment verse 9 says of sin because they believe not on me verse 10 of righteousness because i go to my father and ye see me no more Verse 11 says of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Okay. So he's speaking to here the expedient work of the Holy Spirit in 16 and 7 as the comforter. And expedient means in excellence to excel, that it's good, that to bring together and it's advantageous. So the, so the Lord is describing and sharing with the disciples the advantage of the Holy Ghost, how it is excellent and it is to their advantage that it is a good thing for the Holy Spirit to come unto them. In verse eight, we um, the words just that we just spoke speaks to reprove, reprove. Reprove is reprimand or censoring someone. So when you are feeling conviction in an area, right? There may be something that you, the Lord has told you to do or not to do, and you'll feel an unction in your spirit. You'll feel convicted in a place. And so that is the job of the Holy Spirit to help guide you with what is of righteousness, with what is, of, which is sinful, which is what can be judged. So the Holy Spirit will judge and or reprove 
improve the situation. He'll censor whatever you're seeing, hearing, whatever you're being um, connected to, whatever is, is in your environment. And so you'll feel in the spirit. People say, I, I just felt something. It was just something I felt, or it's just something I heard. It's something I know that something is the Holy Spirit and it's a reprove. And so it is a gentle reprimand. That's what reprove means. Reprove means gentle correction, gentle correction and intentional. So the Holy Spirit will gently nudge you, unction you, or give you some sort of uneasiness or some sort of warning, something that just doesn't quite settle well. And so we can neglect and we can reject the, the, um, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit by ignoring him. We can, we can reject it by re rebelling against what the Holy Spirit is saying and or sharing with us, but the work of the Holy Spirit through this reproof in verse eight is speaking to a reprimand or, or a censorship of some sort. Okay. And so this is conviction. And this is where many believers will speak to the conviction of the Holy ghost and be like, Hey, somebody might, let's say there's a beggar on the street. Right. And I don't want to use the word beggar is probably not the right word, but there's someone who's poor and in need, a transient of some sort. And and they ask you for money for a chicken sandwich out of the Chick-fil-A, okay? And they're like, hey, can you buy me something to eat? And you look at the person and you're like, uh, no, right? No. And as you're going through the drive-thru, you'll start to feel this nudge in your spirit like, get the chicken sandwich, get the chicken sandwich, get the chicken sandwich, get the chicken sandwich. And so you'll be like, you'll get to the window and you'll be like, can I get a chicken sandwich? Um, can I get two chicken sandwiches? Right? So if you're obedient to the Holy ghost, this actually works for you because that's what the Holy ghost job is. That's what the Holy spirit's job is. So he will gently correct you and move you and help to align you in your work and what you're doing in the earth. The second function of the Holy ghost is as a guide. Okay. And there are many others, but we're speaking to just a few tonight. And so the next one will go to John 16, verse 13. We're still in chapter 16 and we'll go down to 13, but Holy Spirit is also a guide. He is a guide. Now the, the new age will reference spiritual guides because they pervert everything that God does. So anything that you see God do, you'll see the kingdom of darkness counterfeit. So you've heard, or maybe you've heard others speak to my spiritual guide in witchcraft and new age. This is just a play on the false Holy Spirit on who the real Holy Spirit is because the real Holy Spirit is a God. And I'm going to show you in John 16 and 13. So when you go to verse 13, it says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, which is also called the spirit of truth. So um, the Holy Spirit is called spirit of truth. How be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come. So the job of the Holy Spirit is to hear what he hears from the Lord, from the realm of the spirit, from the kingdom of light, because they're in 
they're in community, they're in conversation, they're God and the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, they are one. They're always having conversations. They're always communing about you and about the things that you're designed and called to, and commissioned to do in the earth. And so the Holy Spirit will only speak the truth. He will only give witness to what he has heard, to what he knows. And then he takes the information that he receives in the realm of the spirit as he indwells within you and he guides your life. He said, go there. No, don't do that. No, shut the podcast down. No, don't go to that bank. You know what? Don't go to that grocery store. I know you was going to stop and get gas on the way to the grocery store. Don't go there. Right. Because the Holy Spirit as the Lord Jesus, they're all knowing and he will only speak what is true. And so this is how we can avoid the pitfalls and we can avoid being trapped by Satan because the guide who is also known as our, our comforter is one of the works of the Holy Ghost. So in John 16, 13, we see him as our guide. Now let's move on to the glory, which I love the glorification of God, the glory of God and how we as as believers are called to be not only walk in the glory, but be filled in the glory. And this is found by and through the power of the Holy Ghost, through the Holy Spirit. So John 16, 13. Now let's go on to verse 14. Just go down one, one more verse from chapter from, from verse 13. And I'm going to read 14 and 15. And we can pull that up as we can. But to be glorified when we speak to the role of the Holy Spirit through glorification, the Holy Spirit, as you're going through the process of sanctification and you're purging your, you know, you're removing and purging and detoxing things from your soul, your spirit man grows and becomes glorified. And so the manner and the, and the information and all that the Holy Spirit is will glorify, will, you'll be filled with the glory of God through the Holy Ghost. And the way that this is done is it actually glorifies God. The Holy Spirit glorifies God. You glorify God. And glorification, well, being glorified is an honor. So as you honor and praise um, God, the glorification of the Holy Spirit is what makes you glorious. It was, it's, it's, it's how God manifests his light in the earth. And so the Lord has called you to be the light. And so the light in the glory, and it manifests through the Holy Spirit. And so you got to have the Holy Spirit in order to manifest God's glory for real. So we got a lot of people that want to be glory carriers that want to want to not only be filled with the glory, but manifest the glory, walk in the power of the glory. But if you don't know who the Holy Spirit is and you don't have relationship with the Holy Spirit, you cannot come into the fullness of your glorification process. It makes it challenging to really praise God, to honor God in the fullness of God in your whole life because you have not developed the spirit of the spirit of God through the Holy Spirit. Okay. So as you're becoming a glory carrier, someone who's filled with the glory of God, you'll see more of the manifestation of that glory, the closer you get to building and strengthening your relationship with the Holy Spirit. So let's go to 14 and 15. So I'm going to read 14. It says, he shall glorify me 
for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. This is all in red. All of this is in red in your Bible. This is Jesus speaking about the manifestation, the power and the function of the Holy Spirit. So he's saying to his disciples that the Holy Spirit shall glorify him and that we will receive from him and from the Holy Ghost and that he will show it unto us. Now, first verse 15 says, all things that the father hath are mine. Right. So the Jesus is speaking to God, our father. He's speaking to the disciples, but he's talking about our God in heaven. And he's saying all things that the father hath are mine. Therefore, said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. And so I'm like that, that, that these type of things really make me want to shout. Because I see the transference, I see the inheritance, I see the manifestation, I see the power, I see the presentation of the Holy Spirit and the gift that God is giving and preparing the disciples to receive of the Holy Spirit because of the power that comes with knowing who he is. Because he said, hey, everything that I have that comes from God, everything that I give that comes from God comes from him to you. Okay. You are able to manifest the things that are in heaven that belong to me. You are able to manifest and I will show them these things. I will show you your inheritance. I will show you, direct you, guide you, lead you, comfort you in the way, the path and the purpose that God has for you as you seek the source of the Holy Spirit to manifest, to receive, and to walk in with him. So he's explaining to us in verse 15, all the functions and all of the rewards that come with partnership with the Holy Ghost. So Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. Okay. So this isn't something that God is saying, like you don't need, I don't know why people think that, okay, as long as I got Jesus, I don't need nobody else. Or if I got God, I don't need nobody else. You need the whole, you need the functions of the whole Godhead, but the Holy Spirit is extra special. They're all special, but the Holy Spirit is extra special because it helps you to endure, to proceed, to press in, to push through, to moving gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's so many functions and so many things that you need in, as a believer in the body to move effortlessly and seamlessly in the earth. Some of us are working too hard and that's because we're not using our helper. We're not, the helper is the Holy Spirit. You are not using your helper and that's what he's there for. He's probably a little bit bored, right? Because you're not, re, you're not, you're not seeking him for the help that you need. So let's go back into Matthew. I want to show you where even the Lord himself, when he received the Holy Spirit, how he was able to move and why it was important for him to do his work in the earth before the death, burial, resurrection, and the ascension of Christ. So as we go back into Matthew, we're going to go Matthew chapter four, verse one, Matthew chapter four, verse one. So in Matthew chapter four, verse one, the word says, um, this is where G he was led up to let up, let out into the wilderness. Okay. So we see in chapter three, when we, when we spoke to earlier in tonight's podcast about him receiving the Holy spirit. So we see 
here in chapter three, let's look at 17 and we'll take 17 into verse chapter four, one, but it says, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So after he received the Holy Ghost after Jesus received and the spirit of God descended, came down. Okay. Cause ascensions going up, descensions going down. So as the, as the Holy spirit descended from the heavenly realm, like a dove and rested upon God, he received the Holy spirit from there. We see him immediately be led by the same spirit in chapter four, verse one into to into um into the mountain into the wilderness right so as four chapter one when four chapter one says then was jesus look at this look at this pay pay attention listen he now got the holy ghost right this this is this is uh strategic not only is it strategic but it was it was necessary for jesus to have the holy ghost before he went into 40 days of fasting you need the Holy Ghost. This is a message to all of y'all that are fasting without the Holy Ghost. This is a message for all of y'all who think that you are going to be able to crucify and deny your flesh by yourself. That you are not going to need to link and yoke your faith, not only with the kingdom, but with the Holy Spirit that lives within you. Because that's where you're going to gain your power, your endurance, your, your revelation, your experience by and through the Holy Ghost. And so when Jesus received by John the Baptist through his baptism, the Holy Ghost, the next thing that happens is he gets led by the Spirit of God. How do you know you are? Are a follower of Christ, not just a believer, but a follower of Christ, you will begin to be led by the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Okay. The Holy Spirit will lead your life. This is how you know if you are really a true son of God. Okay. That's not male. That's not female. A son of God can be both male and female the sons of God, right? That means me. That means you, those of us who have been adopted and we have received the, our righteous reward and as joint heirs, as co-heirs in heaven and our inheritance in heaven, right? And so we receive that through salvation by receiving God. We, we become adopted into the royal priesthood and we now have access to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see Jesus receive the Holy Spirit and we see the spirit of God lead him into the wilderness. So some of y'all mad because y'all in the wilderness. Some of y'all mad. I'm in the wilderness. I'm in the wilderness. I'm in the wilderness. And you think maybe you took yourself there, right? But some people have been led into a wilderness season and you're going to be tested and tried and tempted in this season, but you will overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit. As long as you are in the wilderness and with the Holy Ghost, you're good. Okay. So I want y'all to get that as we go into the next portion of what I'm going to read. First one says, then was Jesus led up out of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. My God, my God, my God. So we see here in chapter four, verse one, that Jesus enters into, um, into a time, into a season in the wilderness. And as you go through the rest of chapter four, you see that Satan, and you can read that for yourself on your own time, but you can see that Satan repeatedly tempts Jesus. He repeatedly tempts Jesus, but he tempts him using the word. 
And so this is why it's important to really train your ear to hear, to discern who's speaking to you. Is it the spirit of God or is it a demonic spirit? Because some people think because the word is right, that it's okay to follow. But remember the word says that my sheep know my voice and they will not follow the voice of a stranger. And so as you build intimacy with in relationship with God, you'll then be able to discern even if the word is right, but the spirit is wrong. The word can be right. The word can be scriptural. The word can be correct, but the spirit can be wrong. Okay. So people will follow false preachers, false prophets, false teachers, and things like that because the written word, come on, Tanisha, come on. Because if you read in that scripture, you see, that, listen, Satan know the Bible better than you. Okay, the Satan knows the word. Satan is very remember, he was one Lucifer was once an angel. Okay, and so he knows the word of God and he tried to tempt Jesus with the word of God, and he will try to tempt you with the word, which is why you need the Holy Spirit to help you rightfully divide the word so that you could discern not only the word is the word true, but the spirit be. Behind it. So when we hear testing a spirit by the spirit, have you heard this? And the, the word of God says, you test the spirit by the spirit. If it is tested against the spirit of God and the Holy Spirit is not bearing witness to the truth, because the Holy Spirit is the is the bearer of truth, he will only tell what he hears. He will only share what is the truth. He will only make and bear witness to the truth. And so the enemy can be exposed if you take it to the Holy Ghost. So when you take a matter before the Holy Ghost and you're not sure, is this God? Is this not God? You can discern and rightfully divide the truth by presenting it to the spirit. And when you present this to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will then begin to tell you, this is me, this ain't me, because the enemy knows scripture and he will tell Hey, Freedom Fighters, it's Tina, your host from Flawed and Free Podcast. Are you experiencing spiritual attacks in your dreams? Do you have questions about spiritual warfare and deliverance, or are you just seeking Holy Spirit-led advice and wise counsel. I have great news for you. We are now offering one-to-one consultations to set you on the right path to purpose. Why struggle alone in your own thoughts when we together are a part of the body of Christ? Therefore, we must help one another. So as one of his servants, it would be a pleasure to support you on your journey from your now to your next. Go today, do not delay, and book your consultation with me. You can go to theflawedandfree.com or I will put the link in the episode description of this podcast and you can go there and book your session with me. God bless. 
test you using scripture as he tested Jesus. So three times in the wilderness, Jesus was tested. Three times. I find it interesting that it was three times that it, that he was tested. We see uh, three being a divine number in the word of God, three um, being a number of completion, like the number seven. But we see him being tested. And every time the, de the devil tempted Jesus with the word, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written, right? And then Jesus rebuttaled by the spirit of God, the truth. Right. The truth. He was like, yes, you know, he didn't agree with the enemy, but he even when Satan was like, it is written, it is written. Jesus. And I'll give you an example here in verse four. So we looking at um, John, uh, Matthew four. I'm going to go into verse four. It says, um, and when the tempter, okay, three, we'll look at three and four. Three says, and when the tempter, that's Satan, came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, now we see it in red. We see Jesus talking. He's and uh, it says, he said, it is written, man shall not live. This is Jesus speaking. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Okay. And so we see a half truth. The devil will sometimes present doctrine, the word of God and root it in a half truth or in the wrong spirit, which still makes it not the Holy Spirit. And so we see um, several times, three times in total where the Holy where we see the devil tempting God by the word of God. And we see God rebuking the devil and we see him resisting the devil. And in this, if you scroll down here, to uh, verse 11. I want you to go down to verse 11 in chapter four after the devil tempted him and after he continuously rebuked him, we see in verse 11, then the devil leaveth him. Then the devil leaveth him and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So as he rebuked and resisted the devil, this is the same as so for your life. When you hear, see, feel, experience, or have an encounter that you have not fully discerned and or can, can, can understand, no, you take it to the Holy Spirit. You take it to the Holy Spirit. You test it by the Spirit. You rebuke the devil when you discern that it's not God and it's coming in the wrong spirit. You rebuke him. You resist him and the devil will flee. Why? Because he has to. And then we see the ministering angels come to minister him. And so we see even in this in, in this word that the angels came to minister as the angels will minister to you. Right. They will come and the Holy Spirit will continue to comfort and speak and, and bear witness to what God is saying. So let's go back into um, John. I want to talk um, now about breathing and receiving. So we've talked a bit about receiving the Holy Ghost. We've been talking about receiving, receiving, receiving and partnership with the Holy Ghost. Now I want to take you into John chapter 20, verse 22. Go to John 20 and verse 22. That's John chapter 20, verse 22. 20 and 22. I'm trying to get there. Okay. Uh, verse 22. So we see in verse 22, it says, 
um, Jesus. So the, the, Jesus has died and he is now he has come. He's he's talking to his disciples. He is resurrected from the dead. And we see in verse 22, it says, when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, saith unto them and and saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Okay. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Okay. So he comes in a semi-glorified state. Okay. The Lord shows up after the death, the burial, and he's resurrected. Mary Magdalene, they go to the, they go after the Sabbath. They're going with their spices. They're going to holler at Jesus, do their ritual. He gone. And then he appears first to Mary Magdalene. And then he then appears to the disciples. This is where I want you to pay attention to the last phrase of verse 21 where we see they received the Holy Ghost, okay? Just as the Lord Jesus received the Holy Ghost, the disciples are now receiving the Holy Ghost. We have not gotten to the book of Acts, okay, where they were filled, okay? But in, in, in John, in the book of John, we see Jesus show up after he's not ascended yet, Right. He has not left and he has not ascended back, but he is meaning and speaking to the disciples and he then gives them the Holy Ghost. So he said when he had said this, he breathed on him on them. What? How did they receive? He breathed. He breathed. So the Ruach HaKadosh breath of God is breathed upon the piece, the breath of life. We see them breathe. We see Jesus breathe and we see the disciples receive. And so we inhale in the same as so with deliverance, right? As I walk people through deliverance and, and, and um, demons are expelled out of the mouth right? They're evacuated, they're evicted, and they're expelled, not just out of the mouth, they come out of all type of orifices, not just the mouth. But we inhale the Holy Ghost, right? We inhale, we breathe the Holy Ghost. If you've seen um, uh, um, uh, charismatic preachers, you'll see them breathe the breath of God. People fall out and you think, oh, you know, what happened? That's the Holy Spirit. They're breathing the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to show you the first time we see God breathe life into man, into us. And so we see Jesus breathe upon the disciples and he says aloud in red, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive. I'm reading out of KJV. Y'all can read. Y'all see it right there. It's in verse 22. He breathed and they received. He breathed and they received. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Okay. So for those who don't believe that an impartation today is possible, that's not true. You can, you can impart the Holy Ghost by breathing and praying in partnership with the Holy Spirit. You can impart and, and someone can receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. So the breath of life we see, which is the spirit of God being breathed upon the disciples. And I'm going to take you back into Genesis because the first time we see the breath, the, the, well, no, the, the, the Holy spirit hovered over the earth. We see the presence of the Holy ghost. Um, when the, when the, when the, when the heavens and the earth were being created, we see the hovering presence of the Holy spirit. So he's been present from, from day, from Genesis one. But as we go into Genesis two, we begin to see the breath breath of life, which is the spirit of God. And that is the Holy spirit. The breath of life is what is resurrection life. 
It's resurrection life. There's life in resurrection. Remember the story of Lazarus, right? And, and, and though he spoke to Lazarus for him to come up, but resurrected life and the spirit of God via the Holy Spirit gives us life, gives us wisdom, gives us inspiration and impartation. And so the breath of life, which is the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit can be found. We're going to go into the Old Testament, back into Genesis chapter two, verse seven. So I want y'all to take it back because I'm going to show you Adam and how Adam, how the, how, how the Lord God breathed uh, um, into Adam to give Adam life because Adam did not have life. He created Adam in the likeness and the image of himself, but he was not alive. Okay. So we know that the breath of God, which is the breath of life, where we see the spirit of God being imparted as the Lord God breathed into Adam. So I'm going to show you the first man, Adam, who received the impartation of the Holy Ghost. So let's see um, the, um, the, breath, the breath of life. Uh, Genesis 2, verse 7. Genesis 2, verse 7, um, it reads, 2, verse 7 said, and the Lord God, and the Lord God, okay, so we know who this is, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed, breathed, into his nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living soul, okay? Listen, I need you to listen, Linda, okay? So we see the breath of life, the breath of God, the spirit of God, right? The Holy Spirit from God being breathed into the nostrils of Adam, resurrecting him and giving him life so that he can become a living soul, okay? So as you are inhaling and, 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 and receiving the Holy Ghost, we see here where the nostrils, God breathed into the nostrils of Adam. Now, air, now I'm a nurse, okay? I know we're gonna talk just for a second about anatomy. Just for a second about anatomy. And if anybody took an anatomy course, you'll know what I'm saying. When you breathe in air, you inhale through your nostrils, okay? You inhale through your nostrils and the air that you inhale goes down into your respiratory system and it travels down a pathway to your lungs, Okay. And so when you breathe the air that you breathe now, that keeps you alive and well, because if you did not breathe, you would not be alive. If you were not breathing, you cannot live. Okay. You have to breathe. And so God made our anatomy so that when we inhale, when we breathe in through our nostrils, our anatomy, our physical anatomy, the way that God created it allows us to then feed our respiratory system and to be able to exchange oxygen with carbon dioxide. And we get that through the exchange and breathing out, which is exhaling, inhaling, exhaling. And so there's an oxygen exchange that is happening and the pathway to filling your lungs and living and breathing is through inhaling the air. Okay. And so Genesis two, we see Adam being the first to be for the for the breath of life to be imparted into him through the um through the nostrils through his nostrils so now with now let's go into the infilling 
and, and the filling of the Holy Spirit, not the same. All this time we've been talking about receiving the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about impartation and we've been talking about the breath of God and how God has given his spirit through receipt through receiving. I'm going to talk to you now about the infilling and being filled with the Holy Ghost. So we have Christians, saints, followers, believers, whatever you want to call them. Okay. I like to say followers because followers actually follow the commands of Christ. Believers believe one day, may not believe the next day. Your belief can be shaky, can waver or whatever the case may be. So the followers of Christ, the true sons of God should desire to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay, should you should desire not only is it a gift of the Holy Spirit, but it is also um, a benefit to the body. Okay, praying in the spirit, receiving the spirit is one thing, but being filled with the Holy Spirit is another. So let's go to Acts 2. We're going to Acts 2. Now we're getting into um, the difference between receiving and being filled. So as we go into Acts 2. So go to Acts 2, verse 3. Let's start from 3. We're going to go to Acts 2, verse 3, and we're going to read 3 and 4. We're going to read both 3 and 4. So now I'm getting to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Frank. He said it's good teaching. Uh, if, you, if you're enjoying what we're talking about tonight, I want you to tap your screen on TikTok, blow some hearts, put some fire emojis in, in the comments, because this is good. Listen, this right here, the Holy Spirit, that's my best friend. That's my best friend. You know I love him. Okay, Acts 2, Acts 2, uh, 3 and 4. So let's read uh, 3. Let's read... Um, Three. So in three, it says, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And verse four says, and they were all filled. So we see the initial receipt where it rested upon them somewhat like Jesus when he was baptized, the spirit of God rested upon him. Now we see in verse four, the shift. We see the verse four where it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance okay and so i got some saints on youtube and some and some ain'ts okay coming for me i have a baptism um where where a young lady desired the infilling of the holy ghost and i went to pray and partner with the holy spirit for her to receive the baptism of the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and she received and this video is posted on my TikTok and it's a video that's posted on my YouTube. And the saints are like, you ain't got no interpretation and you can't do this. And this is fake. And what's all that yabba dabba do? And those tongues are fake. And this woman is fake and she's a Kundalini spirit and they going nuts. Okay. They are losing their little minds on YouTube um, about this woman of God who received an impartation as I laid hands on her by the power of the Holy Ghost. She was 
filled and she received her tongues. And so in Acts 2, we see the saints of God that were filled. So in verse 4, I want you to really look at verse 4 because in verse 4, you see where it says they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with other tongues. Now, verse 4 speaks to other tongues, other languages. And so when we pray in the spirit, when we're praying, even in this scenario, in the book of Acts, they were speaking languages that they did not learn. So there were different dialects and languages that were being downloaded divinely by the power of the Holy Spirit. So there were people in the room that understood the language because the language was being spoken in their native language. It was being spoken. So they recognize, oh, she's speaking Spanish. She said, you know, whatever. <coughs> so these languages are not just made up. There are languages that the angels can hear and understand and receive instruction from. There is a perfect prayer, which is our communion with God spirit to spirit in prayer. So when you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit through the evidence of speaking in tongues, it's the Holy Spirit making unctions, utterances and conversation and to God in a perfect language that is unknown to you, but known to God. And so this is my spirit, your spirit, communing, conversing, and, and speaking the perfect will of God. So the, it, it is desirable to receive and be filled. But we see that being filled and being baptized with fire are two different things because not only did they receive the Holy Ghost, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Then they were baptized by fire. And so other tongues, speaking in other tongues, that's our prayer language. That's, that's us speaking our heavenly language. And it's, our, it's the perfect prayer to God. Now, speaking in an unknown tongue is where you need interpretation. So the word here speaks to uh, other tongues in the book of Acts. But in 1 Corinthians, people will confuse the word in 1 Corinthians as being um, when we're praying in our heavenly language languages. Oh, there's no interpreter. There's no interpreter. Well, there's a difference between speaking in other tongues and speaking in an unknown tongue. And in Corinthians and first Corinthians 14, apostle Paul said that speaking in an unknown tongue needed interpretation. He was speaking to the people of Corinth because they were speaking in an unknown tongue that no one knew. And is it was singular, an unknown tongue versus speaking in tongues, right? Because there's a difference between praying in tongues and speaking in tongues. So praying in tongues is one thing. Speaking in tongues is another thing. When you're praying in tongues, that's plural, you're praying the perfect prayer via the Holy Spirit. And it is a language known to heaven. Okay. Now, when you're speaking in a tongue, an unknown tongue that's singular, and that is what requires interpretation. That is what you see Paul speaking to when he's speaking to the people of Corinth about, um, about interpretation. So 
I was like, let me bring some clarification to what it looks like and how to discern the difference between receiving the Holy Ghost, being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And so there's a breakdown to this. Now, I want to close out by one last thing, only because I cannot talk about the Holy Ghost without talking about the death, burial, resurrection and ascension of Christ, because I started out talking about Jesus being back baptized by John and receiving the Holy Ghost. Now I'm about to bring this thing full circle and close it out for you right now. As we talk about the death of Jesus, go to Mark chapter 15, verse 37. So we're going to now go to the book of Mark, go to the book of Mark chapter 15, 37. We're going to bring this thing here to a close. I pray this is blessing y'all today. Okay, 37, 37, verse 37. Okay, now Jesus is on the cross, okay? He's taking the remission of our sins on the cross. We're speaking to the death of Jesus. I want you to see something because I can't talk about Jesus receiving the Holy Ghost, right? Without talking about him giving up the ghost. So, in verse 37, we see, and Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. <laughs> he needed the Holy Ghost for his work in the earth. But when it was done in the earth, when he was done with his work, because he don't need it in the, in the realm of the spirit, right? <laughs> they already exist in the realm of the spirit eternally, right? The spirit of the living God. So Jesus, because remember, he was 100% man and 100% God, sinless, blameless, without blemish, okay? And we see him receiving, I need y'all to catch this, I need y'all right now. Y'all need to y'all need to tag and, and send this to somebody like, ah, shut up. The Holy Ghost showed me. So I'm sharing this with y'all. As I'm reading, Holy Ghost was like, do you know when the Holy Spirit left? Now we talk about Jesus receiving, but do you know when he left or did he leave? Because if he left the Holy Ghost for us, right? Where the Holy Ghost go? Where did he go? I was like, hmm. So he was like, go to the scripture. I was like, cool. So I pull up, I pull up over here in Mark on verse 37. And it says, and Jesus cried, right? Mind you, this is this whole chapter speaking to the death of Jesus. He cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. Then we see chaos erupt, right? Then we see the, it got dark. We see the tail, the, the veil is torn. All of these um, events begin to occur, but not only that, they actually saw that he was the son of God. It wasn't until he gave up the ghost on the cross that they started kind of getting a little nervous, and was like, maybe we didn't did something wrong. Maybe, maybe he really was the son of God. If you go into ver verse 38, it says, and the veil of the temple. This is the temple where they used to go and pray. Um, the veil was torn, basically. Okay, the veil was torn. The temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. So the veil that protected the holy place, right, is now torn. But it wasn't, all of this didn't happen, did not go into until he gave up the ghost. And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost. He said, truly, 
This man was the son of God. My God, it took y'all that long to figure out that Jesus was the son of God. He had to go. He had the Holy Ghost the whole time. Y'all couldn't see it. Y'all didn't know it. You couldn't discern that he was walking and moving in the Holy Ghost. Y'all called him Bills above. You called him the devil. You called him everything under the sun, but a child of God. And it wasn't until he got on the cross ready to take his last breath, his last cry. He gave up the ghost, which gave him the power to do his work in the earth. And then he said, now I'm out of here. Okay. Now I'm out of here. Now y'all, oh yeah. Now he the son of God. He been the son of God. You just figuring it out. Nonetheless, I digress. Okay. Cause you know, I get a little, I get a little sensitive about my God. I get a little sensitive. I'll be ready to tussle. I'll be ready to tussle over my Lord. But anywho, we see he gave up the ghost. And then after, after he gives up the ghost, we're, we're, we're about done. I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to close this thing out. But after he gives up the ghost, let's see, uh, that was 15. I see my, my, my thing moving here after, after 37, we see him give up the ghost. And then we see over in, as you read, uh, the great commission, in, in chapter 16, we see the order. So we see the Holy Ghost, right? Be We see him give up the ghost. We see him appear to his disciples, right? He, he shows up. He's speaking and, and imparting unto his disciples. He sits with them in this time. He talks with them. This is before he ascended up into the heavenly realm for good, okay? Right? So he's already resurrected. He's already resurrected, but we see him communing with his disciples, with his apostles, and he's preaching and talking to them. Now he commissions them. Now I'm always talking about the great commission and what believers are called to do in the earth when it comes to casting out demons and healing the sick. God gave a commission to each and every one of the believers. And he said in giving and releasing the commission that these signs shall follow those that believe. Okay, so we see the commission here in uh, Mark, uh, looks like 16. In 16, we see him giving the commission. Go to chapter and chapter 16. We're still in Mark 16. Let's go. Do, 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 do. Jesus giving instruction. Let's start with verse 15. Let's go on to verse 15. We're literally seconds from closing out. Hope y'all have enjoyed this. I hope y'all have enjoyed this. And so we see in, in chapter 15, we see, and he said unto them, okay? And 15, it says, and he said unto them, go ye, it's in red. You can't see it on here, but it says in red, go ye into all the world. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples and preach the gospel, okay? That's you, that's me. You don't have to be an apostle. You don't have to be part of fivefold. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to be an evangelist. You just have to be a believer and a follower of Christ, okay? To receive the commission and move in it, okay? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, Okay, verse 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Verse 17, and these signs, and these signs, hello, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. He's talking about Jesus. 
In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. There it is again. There it is again. For those who don't believe that tongues are for today that don't believe that they think we make it up tongues and this is the power of the holy spirit understand it is necessary for the commission if you are a person that is a believer of christ you should desire not only desire but receive the gift of the holy spirit by and through praying in tongues because it will not only edify you pray the perfect prayer before god but it will assist you on your journey in the earth and preaching the goodness of Jesus and the gospel. So this ain't some people get the gift, some people don't. The gift of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. It is not just for me. It is not just for the fivefold. It is for every believer in the earth. If you so see fit to receive and to be and to desire it. So in 17, we says they shall speak with new tongues they shall take up serpents etc etc and so we see in 17 god is speaking to the commission and he's speaking to um the uh, what we are to do and the signs that are to follow those that believe now the last thing i want you to see is after jesus gave up the ghost what happened after that right what happened we see listen this is something. This is going to blow y'all mind. Go to Mark. Go to 19. Go to, go to verse 19. Yes, go to 19. Um, they shouted. Da, 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 da. 19. Chapter 19. Now, remember, God, Jesus gave up the ghost on the cross. Gave up the ghost. Now, he's still in the earth speaking to the disciples. He has not ascended. That's the one thing you don't want to forget when we talk about the death of Jesus, because God is alive. He ain't dead. He ain't on the cross no more. He is. He's alive. So I always speak to the death, the burial, the resurrection and the ascension. So when you're speaking, well, well you don't have to do this, but I do. Whenever I reference Jesus and the work on Calvary, on the cross, I do not leave out the ascension, which is his ascension into the heavenly realm. And so when we go to verse 19, we see the verse says, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Mic drop. That's how he got to the right hand of God. He had to be received again by the Holy Spirit who left because he gave him up the ghost on the cross. So the Holy Spirit went back, hence where he came from, to the spirit realm. And that same spirit helped to receive Jesus back into the heavenly realm and seated him at the right hand of God. Let this ain't, this is, this is, this wasn't poof be gone. Okay. This, this is more than translation. This is more than impartation. We see God being received back in to heaven and seated at the right hand of God. Baby, listen, 
And guess who else is seated there? You. Guess who else is seated at the right hand of God? Me. Why? Because that's where Jesus is. <laughs> that's where Jesus is. In the name of Jesus. Listen here. Glory be to God. This right here, this right here should bless you. Please take this teaching, share it with somebody, send it to somebody, put it on your favorites, share it, go back and re-listen, take some more notes. I listen, I was here for it because I love the Holy Ghost. So the whole time I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Yes. But there is a difference. I hope I have made it clear to you this day. The difference between receiving the Holy Ghost, being filled by the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. There is a difference. There is a difference. Glory be to God. So I pray that this blessed you. I see this is the whole blessing. Uh, my daughter said this is oily. Yes. Glory be to God. Said this is fresh revelation. Listen, I'm, I'm trying to tell you. The Holy Ghost did that because I didn't know where we was going. I, I, don't, I don't never know. I don't never know. He tell me and I just make moves. He tell me and we just make moves through the word. And um, I, it's, I enjoyed it. It's my absolute pleasure um, to partner with him and to pour out what he gives as I hear and receive. So God bless you all. Thank you all for coming and tuning in tonight. If you feel led to soul to partner with this ministry through giving and you would like to give and, and plant a seed in good ground in this word that was released today, feel free to do so now. Um, we, we accept through many different ways. We accept through cash app at dollar sign flawed free. Cash app is dollar sign flawed free and or you can go to our secure website and give at the flawed and free dot com slash give. That's the flawed and free dot com slash give or in there you can give through Zelle um, or Tithely PayPal. We have several avenues that you can give. If you decide to use Zelle, um, you can give through Zelle at info at the flawed and free dot com and and so don't dine and dash, okay? Don't 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 be the one that eats and not replenish. And but you know, do as the Holy Spirit leads you. If the Holy Spirit leads you, then give, right? Then give. But I try not even myself to make it my business to sit and to receive and to to receive impartation of revelation without giving back, replenishing and pouring back into the man or the woman of God that pours out that's in their season or place of consecration to hear from God, to receive from God for you to get in one hour, what it takes us sometimes hours, some months, days, years, whatever. So nonetheless, God gets the glory. Nonetheless, we are here to manifest God's will in the earth and to divinely give, pour as he sees fit. And if you are moved to sow a seed, into this word, into this ministry. I thank you in advance and I cover the seed by the blood of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost. May it go to wherever it is being sent 
right now in the name of Jesus. God bless you and may God keep you and may God cover you guys until we meet again Tuesday night, Tuesday night prayer, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Come holler at us as we press in and, and shatter glass ceilings and break generational curses right here on YouTube. We'll be here 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. So God Thank you for listening and allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey and growth in Christ. Listen to fresh new episodes weekly on Wednesdays to be equipped with the tools, knowledge, and strategies needed to dispossess the enemy, take dominion, and be delivered into the promises of God. No more wilderness wanderings, warriors. Walk in your purpose and discover your identity where you are free to be me, flawed and free. If you were blessed and empowered by today's show, we would appreciate your sown seed of support through donations and charitable giving as led by the Holy Spirit. You can go now to theflawedandfree.com slash give. That's theflawedandfree.com slash give. Or you can cash app us at dollar sign flawed free on Cash App. We are a nonprofit organization with a 501c3 designation. So all gifts, donations, and sown seeds of support that are given are also tax deductible. Thank you for your seed, for we know that it is placed in good soil, and we pray that you agree. So God bless and live your best life in Christ. Love you later. Till next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 